Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Capsule Production Podcast. I'm Sean, and today I'm joined by Jovan Lazo. And in today's episode, we're going to be starting one of our first episodes in this new series. We're going to be going over the residency timeline and really just taking you um, through how to select programs all the way through the whole process, the application, interviewing, all the way to ranking, and then also getting a match. So this is gonna be a episode series. We're thinking we may do five to eight episodes. So please tune in in that. And today's episode, we're gonna be focused on how to select the programs in which to look up and in which programs to look up to um, eventually apply to. So Joven, what are some things you considered? So, yeah, so the first thing I would say that matters is the time frame. So I went in with the mindset that around between August and September, I want to have finalized the programs I'm interested in. So I'd recommend starting earlier if you can, June, July, if you are capable or if you know kind of what path you want to go down, but that is what rotations are for. So going through that, going through a couple of rotations can kind of help guide you. And then in August and September, I would recommend to look at the programs by using the ASHP match directory. Um, You can use that and you can look at all the different residency programs and see the accredited ones, see what rotations they have available, see when the application date is due. There's a lot of different material that's, that's very important that's through the ASHP match directory. So you can just go ahead and Google that ASHP match directory um, for pharmacy or for PGY1, and and you'll find a quick link to that. You can kind of use that to start to narrow down your search. So now that I kind of mentioned how it started off, uh, Sean, how did you kind of narrow it down? Yeah, so I'm going to definitely dive into that, but I do want to touch upon what you're saying. So that ASHP match directory, residency directory site is literally you're going to be spending months on that you're going to spending hours there looking at programs looking at things um, to look up so that's also like something very important to do also to stay ahead and to be more um, organized definitely go to the ashp's website and print out their residency timeline this will give you a good month by month um, guidance on what to what you should be doing to help stay on track for your residency application but going back to your question how did I narrow down residencies? So for me, um, I think what I really did was I focused on what my interests were. And I really focused for me, that was more things are more acute care settings, whether it be emergency department or ICU care. So for me, I kind of looked up places that were had very strong rotations. I looked for places that had large ICUs or large emergency departments rather than a place that had small ones. So that's something that I did. Um, And then I also know that for me, I'm thinking more of PGY2, maybe in critical care, emergency department, or possibly administration. So I use the website to not only find PGY1s offered at certain hospitals, but I also looked at PGY2s offered and then kind of compared them and made that like my kind of like initial list before I did like a deeper dive and to see like what more like service lines that the hospital offer? Are they strong in cardiology? Are they a primary stroke center? Are they a level one trauma centers? Things like that. So I think initially kind of using your interests to, to get a good broad list and then diving into the details is kind of what I did. 
but I know your experience is a little bit different, Jovan, because you're um, more the AMP care route. What, what things did you sort of utilize? So before I answer that, I liked how you did mention the PGY2's offer. And that's something that you can also see in the ACHP match directory. There's a list with just PGY1s, PGY1 and PGY2 combined. And that's usually for people that are interested administration type of pharmacy residencies and then also PGY2. So you can kind of compare and contrast which programs offer that. Um, if that's something that's important to you, if you would like to early commit, like Sean was kind of alluding to. Now, um, as far as myself, my first thing that I actually looked at was <laughs> geographic location, <laughs> just because I personally hate the cold. So I first just looked at everywhere in Florida, places in California, because I like California. And some of the, um, I looked at Georgia too. I believe it was those three those three areas I looked at. And then from going from the geographic locations, like you said, I also looked at what do they offer. Now, I knew I wanted to do something AMCARE related, but I didn't have to be in an AMCARE specific PGY-1. I could, I wouldn't have mind doing a PGY-1 that was also um, just a more general one, but I would have like transition for care, different AMCARE type elective rotations. So you had to have in an AMCARE either elective rotation or had to be a, your PGY-1 had to be focused on AMCARE for me to consider your program. So that's something that I did. Um, I also looked at hospital systems because I like to travel. So I wanted to be a part of a hospital system that is either throughout the state of Florida or throughout um, the country. So looking at programs that offer that, one for example would be the VA obviously. So that was one of the reasons why I was really interested in the VA. There's also Advent Health who has different sites. Baycare has multiple sites within Florida. So it's like, I wanted to be at a place where it's, hey, maybe I can stay here for like three to five years and then transfer to another place. So those were kind of the things that I, I really looked at to help narrow down first the geographic location, the type of hospital system, and then the type of rotation to offer. And then I would go from that and... Um, another thing you could do, which I actually did, was create an Excel sheet because you're going to go through so many different programs. So I would just keep an Excel sheet and just list different things on it. So I would have like the first row for the site. Does it have a PGY2 offered in the whatever I'm interested in, if it's Amcare or if it's um, psych, what, et cetera, like whatever you're interested in, if it's crit care, if it has a PGY2, that would be another column. If it like the geographic location that I like it. Yes. Was it a very broad hospital system, et cetera, et cetera. So I would also kind of keep an Excel sheet and have all these things. So that way you don't have to keep going back to the ASHP directory. It can kind of help you cross off places off your list and to see where, what rotations are offered there as well. So I did all that. And then other things you can consider, I didn't consider it too much, but some things, depending on who you are, if you care about finances, to some places that I interviewed at, they actually offered a 401k from the very first day that you started working with them. So some places, some people might be interested in that. So that's something that you could also use to kind of help narrow down residency to see if they offer a 401k or a 403b. Um, and also you can look at staffing hours. Um, some places staff more than others. If that matters to you, that's something you should definitely consider because that's what you're going to have to do. And a lot of times people just look at the rotations, the location, type of hospital, um, et cetera, et cetera, but also staffing hours. If you don't want to work that much as far as staffing, 
then, you know, definitely look at how many staffing hours are required for this residency. Because there were some that was a lot. I'm not going to say names. <laughs> but there was definitely some that was a lot. And I was like, I don't want to do that much. I want to be able to still have somewhat of a life besides all of these uh, difficult rotations that, you know, we're going to have to experience soon. Yeah, no, I definitely like the way you sort of went to how to get um, a broad list and then sort of like these more finite details, what you're mentioning, kind of help you narrow it down or maybe sway you away or sway you towards certain hospitals. Um, so yeah, definitely staffing, like opportunities for moonlighting. You have to be on call. Some places I was looking at, like you had to be on call or you had to do overnights. And for me, that's something I don't want to do. <laughs> I'm so, with you. Oh, something else I forgot to mention which I think is also important, is figuring out what other supplemental things that residency site has. Something that was important to me was, do they offer a teaching certificate? If you don't care about teaching, then obviously that won't matter to you. But offering a teaching certificate, offering different opportunities for you, like Sean was just talking about. So seeing what other beneficial opportunities they have. Do they have a lot of students from other sites? And do I get to actually mentor them? Because that's something that I would love to do. I would love to be able to have um, a student that I get to be a mentor for and have my little mentee and kind of walk them through the process and kind of help guide them for a couple weeks or they're there for a full four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, whatever the case may be, kind of help guide them and help them out just like the residents at my rotations helped me. So that was something that was important to me where it may not be like that at all places and also um, so that's something that you can kind of see on the ASHP match directory. And if you don't see it there, go to that program site and they'll list whether or not they have or if they offer a teaching certificate. So those are, um, that's another thing I definitely want to make sure that uh, we mention if that matters to you to see if they offer certificates or experiences that you're interested in having as a resident. So another thing that I think is extremely helpful is to speak with the current residents at the program. Um, you are going to have like maybe like 20 to 40 minutes to do like um, a question if you do interview at a place. But for me, I think it's best to honestly email them and then maybe set up like a time where you can call them on the phone to really get unbiased information. I feel like if you talk to them outside of the whole interview format, then you can kind of get real information and kind of see like, hey, what's your day-to-day -day life like? Is this manageable for me? Did you enjoy this? You can kind of get a feel of like the culture and also the support of preceptors or the art residency program director towards the residents. And then ask around, like if you know any upperclassmen or people who went through programs or people who have a residency that's close to that hospital, they're likely to know someone who did that residency. So it's definitely good to ask around and get everybody's perspectives. That way you can take that into account as well. Definitely. It's important, like Sean said, to make sure that you're doing that kind of off the clock for the residents. They could try to be as honest exactly. as possible with you. Because um, you'll find out like some places, they may not show it on paper, but they could be a residency that's very project oriented. So that means you're going to have a lot of projects throughout the year, uh, a lot of presentations and different things. And if that's something you're really interested in, then that's great. That could be a great site for you. But if that's not something you're really interested in, that could be kind of tough or difficult for you. So that's something that um, you definitely want to make sure you discuss with them. Um, and you can even ask them about the type of projects they do, MUEs, et cetera, presentations, and kind of just see, do they have a pick? Do they get to choose the, what they want to do or is it selected for them? And you, so you can kind of get a feel for what you're walking into. 
So definitely speak with the, with the current residents. Um, if you can also, if you have any questions that aren't on the website, because that will definitely probably annoy a resident or RPD, <laughs> you could definitely reach out to them if it's not specific on the website. That'll help. Hopefully in the future, it's not virtual interviews. So you, you'll be able to meet in person, but um, maybe that can kind of give you a, a, a leg up on the competition because at least maybe they'll be able to hear your voice or um, they'll see your face if you meet virtually once before. So at least there's a bit of a familiarity the next time you meet them, um, hopefully for, for an interview. So that's something you can definitely do. Another thing which I didn't do, but Sean did, and that's why Sean is awesome. <laughs> you should follow in his footsteps is to go to residency info sessions. Huge. Huge. And that's also RPD specific, because I did ask a couple RPDs if they cared and they told me they didn't, they didn't care. So it's RPD specific. Some RPDs really want to know how interested you are in your program. Um, it's a great way to kind of start your point of contact with them, build a familiarity, build a rapport, which is important because you got to realize you're competing against what? probably 50 to 100 other people for somewhere between three to maybe 10 spots. So, you know, you want to do whatever you can to make yourself stand out. So definitely go to those residency info sessions, ask uh, an important question that's not easily accessible, something that kind of makes you stand out and be able to start building that rapport. I think that's definitely important. And that's something that maybe you could even mention in your letter of intent if you wanted to. I know some some classmates who did that. Um, I don't I don't remember if I did that or not, but um, some people did do that, and that's I think is important to start building rapport with that program because some RPDs they really want to know how interested are you in us because it has to be mutual for them. They don't want it to be want you to think like oh this is just a job and that's it. Like they want somebody that's really interested in working for their corporation or working with them or under them. So that's something that I think is uh, very valuable that you could do and you should do. So don't follow in my footsteps, follow in Sean's <laughs> and go to the residency info sessions if you can. Yeah, I think everything you just touched on in that point is things that I did and things that I, the reason why it's, I find it beneficial, like not only are you showing initiative to that program by showing up to that, you can ask your questions there. You can also get a lot of information. So you can, a lot of your questions that you may be having are gonna get addressed. You're gonna meet the residents um, like Jovan touched upon, letter of intent is huge. A lot of times in your opening paragraph, your letter of intent, you really need to specify like, like the rapport you had or like your initial point of contact or like, um, I went to this residency info session and I got the feeling or the impression that your program is very strong in this. And I feel like it's a perfect match for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like something more worthy than that. But like you get an initial point of contact, you would get an initial um, showing that you're interested in this program and for really competitive programs, like any leg up you can have is honestly really important. So definitely go to the residency info sessions. I remember like some questions I asked during some residency info sessions where they kind of told me more about themselves or they introduced themselves more in these residency interview questions. And then when I did my actual interview at those programs, there was things I remember that I recalled back and they were honestly impressed or like it allowed me to be more, make my interview feel more like conversational rather than it be just a black and white, like boring, like, um, like direct interview. So definitely, definitely go to these. It can only help you. Yeah. And then to kind of transition from that, I want to go into 
how do you kind of select which residencies to, to look at if you're unsure of what you want to do so far? So maybe you have like the first block off and you have a couple, um, you just have community, but you know, you don't want to do community and you have like a general hospital rotation next. You don't have any special, any electives, any and care, anything that you feel would help narrow down your list. One thing that you could do, which I did and was very beneficial to me, um, to our UF listeners, we have career coaches. Um, I don't know if uh, all, if other pharmacy schools have this, but ask a mentor in pharmacy or even a preceptor, ask them, where do you think their strength, your strengths are? And that's something that, that I definitely asked to kind of gain what they feel I'm good at and what career do you think in pharmacy would fit my strengths? And I would also ask about my weaknesses. What do you think I'm weak at? And with weaknesses, you could always improve those. But a weakness could also be something that you're just not interested in, which you can still improve, but you know you don't want to do career-wise. So for example, I would say one for me would probably be infectious disease. But also, no, I don't want to be an infectious disease pharmacist. I would like to be competent you know, when it comes to disease states, but I don't want to specialize in that. So figuring out a residency that will still teach me infectious disease, because like I said, I want to be competent in it, but not have me spend a lot of time focused on that. So just figuring out what works for you, what disease states, what drugs, um, what patient population, you know, if you're at the VA, majority will be male, you know, so does that matter to you? Does it matter the age of the patients? Um, In certain hospitals, um, in certain cities like Miami or Orlando, you'll have a large Hispanic population. Are you comfortable with that? Are you going to be comfortable using a translator Um, and trying to communicate in different ways with these patients? So those were also some things that I was able to kind of use based off the strengths and weaknesses that um, my career coach gave me, my preceptors told me, so that way I can kind of maximize my strengths and find a place that can help improve my weaknesses. And so that's something that you could also kind of use to help narrow down. So I would definitely keep a running list through your first couple of rotations, or even if you, even without the rotations, if you're listening to this, you could just start now. Like what disease topics did I enjoy in school? You know, maybe you enjoyed learning about HIV, but you have no rotations in it. Well, maybe you should look at a place that has a specialty clinic with HIV. Like, why not? This is a great opportunity for you to experience that. You know, um, it's a, actually a pretty common disease state, um, not as common, obviously, as like hypertension, but it's something that you could definitely find yourself maybe at an HIV clinic in the future, or maybe cystic fibrosis was something that really picked your brain or, you know, whatever the case may be. So finding something that really intrigued you and seeing which hospitals have a elective rotation in that can also help you narrow down your choices. That's something that I would definitely do, try to keep a running list of the things you like to do and the different disease states and drugs you like working with and what you would like to spend more time doing in the future. That's something that could kind of help you if you're not exactly sure which career path you want to take um, as far as for a PGY-1. And then lastly, because I know we, we want to keep this short, it's very important that you know the dates of deadlines. Some programs will have um, just everything you have to turn in at once. They might have different dates for different things. So definitely while you're looking at these programs and you start to narrow down your your list, like I said, kind of have that Excel sheet. Have that Excel sheet and list when those deadlines are so you can always have that 
somewhere so you know when you have to turn in all your stuff. So that's something that I would also recommend while you're narrowing it down. You, you went from maybe 20 places to 10. All right, now let me go ahead and add in these deadlines for each place. And now I know when I have to turn in all my stuff by this date because they're not all going to be the same date. So that's something that could definitely help you and you can kind of focus on which ones are coming up first or which ones have that extra material, um, supplemental material they have to turn in. Um, Sean, do you have anything you want to add? Yeah, no, deadlines are definitely huge because um, you're once you start the application process, it is going to take a lot of time. If you want to write good letters of intent, things like that, it takes a lot of time. And I know for me, I didn't familiarize myself with like, I, I found programs because initially I was looking only in Florida because like I wanted to live in Florida, but I found some good ones that were in Georgia, Texas, and Colorado that I was really interested in. But I looked at it too late and then I saw the deadlines were like fastly approaching and it was unrealistic to apply. So definitely start early and often um, with your deadlines. Um, make sure that you're aware of them, um, especially because a lot of programs are going to be early January, like around the, like the first of January, but then some may be like Christmas or like before then. So you definitely, definitely stay on top of your deadlines. Something I didn't mention that was important to me was residency class size is something you could also look at to narrow down residencies. Do you want to be the only resident? Do you want to just have you and somebody else? Do you want to have a class of 10, 14 other residents and have this big cohesive unit that will just support each other and you guys can all hang out. You have instant friends. Um, there's a lot of a lot of things to consider, but that's that's something that I also considered was very important. So, no, that that's a great point. So, to kind of recap, basically, um, to try to sum it up in a couple of minutes, start off August. The earlier the better. So start in August, August first. Start. The latest you want to start is the end of September, but try to start as early as you can, somewhere between August to September. Start looking up these programs on the ASHP Match Directory. As Sean said, you can also go in there and find their the residency timeline and print that out and just have that, tape it to the wall, <laughs> tape it on your, on your mirror in the morning so you always see it and you can't escape it, all right? So it keeps you disciplined, it keeps you on track because I know it's gonna be tough. I know you're working at least 40 hours a week at your rotation site. You still gotta work on the weekends to make some money for yourself. It's not easy, I know it's tough, but we gotta, we gotta stay focused and dedicated, so. Definitely August to September, start looking at it. Print out that list. And then things to narrow down, like Sean said, you have the class size. How many co-residents will you have? Does that matter to you? The hospital system, VA, if it's a for-profit, non-profit hospital. Um, how many locations do they have throughout the U.S. or throughout the state that you're interested in? Okay. The geographic location, that was big to me. I like sunny weather. So I looked at Texas, California, Florida, Georgia. Southern Georgia, not North Georgia. <laughs> so it's like different things like that. Um, does that matter to you? Because also you can look at it as like, oh, it's only one year. Yeah, but if you're great, which we believe you are, that one year can turn into your career. <laughs> you know, you could stay there long term. So it might not just be one year. So definitely pick a place that, unless you want it to be, if you know for a fact, I'm only going to be one here for one year and then leave, that's fine. But definitely you can consider it a place that you might call home for a long time. Um, so that's something to definitely consider. Definitely consider the PGY2s, like Sean said, that was big to him. Do they offer a PGY2 and the things that I'm interested in? So that can help you narrow down your list. If they offer a 401k, 
How many on-call or staffing hours do you have to commit to per week? Um, the type of rotations offered, that's key. You know, for me was, do they offer some type of AMCARE elective or transitions of care elective? Is that offered? If not, I'm not interested in your program, sorry. So looking at stuff like that, if you're interested in a psych in psychiatry, maybe they have a, a, a psych rotation, maybe they have different things. If you're interested in cardiovascular, maybe they have one specific to that. You know, whatever it is you're interested, uh, hepatitis, HIV, I, I noticed a lot of VAs had those programs. If you're interested in those kind of niche disease states or different disease states that you really got a lot of experience in in school, that's something that you could definitely consider. And mainly just use the, the match directory throughout the process. It's the easiest thing to use. Speak to the current residents, like Sean said. Try to go to the residency info sessions, gain a feel for the RPD and the residents, learn about them. Um, ask a great question, not something that's just on on the website that you could just look up. You know, you want to be, you, they definitely want to know that you're really into the, interested in the program. You're asking some in-depth um, personal questions. And then also just always use fellow colleagues, mentors, preceptors to kind of help guide you on, hey, like, where do you think I'm, my skills are best utilized? What kind of field do you think I would be great in? Oh, I think quick on my feet. You think I'll be great in crit care or ED? Like maybe you should look into programs that have an, elect, an elective in ED or they have rotations in crit care. So that's stuff to consider, stuff to kind of help guide you if you feel like maybe your rotations aren't giving you the experience you need to determine which career path to choose. And then at the end, you know, just keep that Keep a running list. The easiest thing to do is keep all of this on Excel. You'll probably, when you start looking, you probably have like 20 to 30 places you really like. And then when you start looking more in depth, you know, when you start really looking at the geographic locations, the different hospital systems, what's offered, do they offer a PGY2? Can I really commit if they do offer it? How do the residents speak about the program and their relationship with the RPD? You know, that list might go from 20 to 30 to about 10. Um, so, you know, keep a running list and you can also jot down some notes on what people have told you about the program and what you kind of find on your Excel sheet. And that should definitely help you to narrow down your list when you're looking for a residency. Anything uh, I missed or you want to add on, Sean? Uh, no, I think you did a great summary. Just um, basic things is, so first you want to start getting familiar with everything on like, I guess on paper or on very broad terms. So Joven was saying, start ASHP match directory, see what's out there based on like your interests, your initial interest, then go to each program's, their residency website and also their main hospital website, see what they specialize in, see what they do, see what everything they offer. And then you really just wanna put in the initiative to kind of get to know them on a more personal level by speaking to current residents, going to info sessions, um, emailing RPD, things like that. And then just really just, dive in deep into yourself and figure out what, what you really enjoy, what programs you're more interested in, and then just keep up with deadlines. And then before you know it, you'll be doing all your applications and interviewing. So yeah. And then you'll be, be good. You'll be good match day and you'll be celebrating. So, and we'll be celebrating with you. Exactly. And that's the goal. Um, we definitely want all of our listeners to be able to get their the number one choice and to, to match with the program. So we're just going to give you all some of the advice that was given to us just some things from our personal experience. So thank you so much for listening to the first part of our series. Um, like Sean said, it'll be somewhere between like five to eight episodes. The next part, we might kind of go into the application process, how to actually apply, like the things you need, letters of recommendations, letter of intents, 
you know, stuff like that. So how to fill it out, transcripts, that's, that was a big thing. So that's kind of going to be on the next episode of this five to eight part series. So thank you so much for listening. Um, this one will just probably be t- titled like selecting programs. So how to narrow down the time frame to narrowing down your residencies. Uh, we just want to help you out with that process. And if you have any questions, as always, please feel free to reach out to Sean or myself. You can f- go to our Instagram, Capsule Production. There's a link tree. You have access to both of our information on there, our personal social medias, so you can reach out. Or you can just reach out on the podcast page, and one of us will definitely respond to you. So um, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And yeah, that's it. Stay tuned. We got we got quite more episodes uh, to give y'all, so stay tuned.